2: So, how is the form with you? Well, maybe you've just arrived at work and you've been listening on the app on the headphones and you're on your bicycle and you're saying to yourself, gee, this is the life. This is such a lovely, cool, crisp morning and perfect cycling weather. Uh, Anne Madden believes a lot of people arrive at work like that. Good morning, Anne.
3: Good morning, Frank. How Uh,
2: are you? I'm I'm very well, Anne. You're with Sustrans, Anne, and you've been doing a survey along with the Department of Infrastructure. Uh, Tell me what's been found in this survey regarding driving cars in Belfast.
3: Well the survey is bike life um it's bike life 2019 because the survey was done last summer and um, it's just been published now because it's part of a whole um, series of reports on uk cities and for the first time we've also surveyed dublin um, so we've looked at what uh, residents of Belfast their attitudes are to cycling and um, and transport in general and I suppose a major finding from it is that most um, residents want more investment in cycling and less in driving they want to have a, a city that's more and um, cycle friendly than car friendly at the moment and um, we have a very congested city we know the issues around air pollution um, and we're also in a climate crisis so for all those reasons I think this this survey of residents has found a, a greater appetite for for change
2: I noticed that the questions, 77% or the outcome, 77% of residents think more cycle tracks along the road, physically separating the cyclist yeah. from the traffic would help them cycle more. 65% of residents think fewer motor vehicles on the street would help them cycle more. 60% of residents believe that more cycling would make Belfast a better place to live and work. Now, you could ask those questions in many ways. If someone came up to me and said, Would separate entities on the road for cyclists versus vehicles make you cycle more? I would say yes, it would. And likewise, if someone said to me, um, You know, fewer motor vehicles on the road, would that make you cycle more? Oh, well, absolutely. The answer is, is yes to that. And uh, if i if, if I was asked, would cycling make belfast would would cycling make Belfast a better place to work? Uh, again, the, the obvious yes. answer is yes. sometimes in these surveys, it's how you ask the question. It doesn't necessarily mean that any one of those people, those three people who I represented there uh, want to give up driving. They're just saying that's how you could improve yes. the city.
3: yes, and certainly um at such times we're not we're not we're not empty car. We are trying to reduce the amount of car journeys that we take um, and we are promoting walking and cycling more because we believe that that is a better, um, it's better for particularly urban areas um, that are getting more and more, um, you know, densely populated and um, we believe that that car journeys, um, that cars are the least efficient use of, of the limited space that we have in cities. But But you're absolutely right, whatever way you ask a survey, you might think, well, depending on the question, you'll get a certain answer. But um, this survey was done a representative sample of over 1400 residents. And it was people that cycled and didn't cycle as well. So it's it's of the general population. And, and you know the, the results um, speak for themselves, really, that we've seen compared to previous years, because this, this survey is done every two years, we've seen more and more support for um, more space for other modes of transport, both public transport walking and cycling, um, and I think perhaps the public is, is aware that, you know, that's what they've, they've told us in the survey, and this wasn't just done by ourselves, it was done by the Department of Infrastructure, um, through an independent survey company, um, that, um, that their streets are overrun with cars, car parking on footpaths, um, and, and the amount of, of congestion that we see every day.
2: Mm, I have to admit I was a little late for work this morning I, I left the house you know that morning when you leave five minutes later than usual and you get caught in the traffic you know where you'll be if you leave at half seven but if you leave at almost yeah. almost 28 to it's too late and that's, that's the way it was for, for me this morning and I'm coming in past Fleming Fulton School in South Belfast yeah. and there's a long bus lane there and there's a queue of traffic the whole way from the dub shops to the house of sport and it's sitting stagnant. And there's no one in the bus lane. There's not even a bus. The bu- there was no bus at that time. There is a bus service. But the bus lane was there. And as I sat there, like twiddling my thumbs, I, I realised there's a whole stretch of tarmac that no one is using. There were, there were no cyclists using it. And at the twiddling in the mm-hmm. seven or eight minutes I was stuck in it, no, bu- no bus came along. Now, a couple of people did technically break the law. They went out and they used the bus lane uh, as-, as car drivers. And they should not, I repeat, should not have, have done that. But you couldn't help thinking, you know, this is holding yes, me. But, this but, is holding me up, and all yeah. these other busy people who are trying to get to work. We've been really held up by allotting that piece of tarmac to people on buses, and there's no bus going through. If we allot yeah, another that, that, piece of tarmac to yeah. cyclists, where are where are the motorists going to be?
3: Well, actual protective cycle infrastructure doesn't take up very much space at all. Um, and what you're saying there about bus lanes and sitting there for seven to eight minutes. That's your just your quick observation of the situation, but bus lanes are far more efficient use of that piece of tarmac that you described. You know, it's the the, the traffic lanes of cars and um, that are bumper to bumper. That's an inefficient use of the space. You don't see um, queues and queues of buses and bus lanes because um, they they use the space much better. You, the cyclists do use bus lanes as an alternative to protected cycle infrastructure and. Um, it, it is a far, you know. We have protect. Where we do have protected cycle lanes, and um, people say, but they're empty. They're not empty. They are used. It's just you don't. Unlike traffic lanes, you don't see cyclists bumper to bumper like you see in a car lane. And opening up bus lanes to allow cars in is is just totally the wrong way of dealing with with our traffic congestion. What we do need is more people taking the bus. Yes, we do need better public transport, more efficient services, but. Even our best um, public transport in Belfast, the glider, it operates every 78 minutes in peak times. So the metro services um, are not as, a, not as um, frequent as the glider service. So we need to see more um, of services like the glider where people can get a bus, You know, can be guaranteed a bus every five to, to ten minutes. Um, and we might see more people get out of their cars and use use the bus. I mean, the parking rides are so successful around the city. You know, lots of people um, are using those to the extent that the TransLink's having to expand them. And I know the one at your end of town at Finnecke has recently been expanded because they can't cater for the amount of cars. We're now seeing those parking rides facilitate cyclists so that people who can cycle a certain distance can go, leave their bike and get on a bus. So it's about having multimodal choices around the city and not just... Um, people jumping in their car and thinking that's the only way to get into work because if everyone does that, um, as the Bike Life report spells out, the number of people that cycle every day in Belfast take up to 7,500 cars off the road and as we spell out in the report, if that was a traffic jam, that would be 22 miles stretching from Belfast to Lurgan. So, I mean, consider that and, and consider the fact that people cycling are actually doing those that really need their cars to get about, say, delivery drivers or and people that need their cars for work, um, they're, they're really doing those people a favour. It's the ones that are, that are the single passenger or single um, person in the car um, driving into to work and leaving their car, sitting all day in a car park that are, that are not helping um, movement around the city. Yeah,
2: you, you make a strong... You make, you, 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 of course it does. Listen, um, you're, you're making some very, very strong arguments about why people should consider alternative uh, modes of transport. I, think I, I take my hat off to anyone who can cycle from where I live six miles out of town into to Belfast, like, for example, during the month of February. And I saw people... Do it in in storms, in oh, rain, it's very in gale. Route, yeah, yeah. You know, it takes mm-hmm. a certain breed of person to do it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like getting on a bicycle, but I couldn't ride to work because by the time I got I would get here. I wouldn't be fit to do anything. That's just that's just my, my honest assessment. I don't believe
3: you, Frank. Yeah, I and know, but you're, you you're it, coming. You get.
2: Yeah, but you're coming from a perspective of you know you're into cycling. Other people are into cycling and they love to cycle. Some of my family do it, and I applaud them. But I know. I can hardly make <laughs> make myself get through the well, work in the working day arriving by car. If I cycled yeah. six miles before I did it, I wouldn't have fit to talk to you on the radio. And there you, you might, know, you I'm surprise. speaking on behalf well, beha- right. but 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 Anna, I'm speaking on behalf of yeah. thousands of people who couldn't possibly yeah. cycle to work. There are thousands yeah. who will never what? be cycling to work. So here's here's a question for you. What about those yeah. who are so invo- so interested in the environment that they buy an electric car and they're prepared to buy a one hundred percent electric car? Should they not be allowed to buy the- an
3: electric bike? Yeah,
2: but, but because they don't I want to mean, get soaked, they do. Hold on, except <laughs> Anne, except for a minute that uh-huh. not everyone uh-huh. wants to get soaked, right?
3: But the weather, the weather in Belfast, people always go back to the weather. Now, I I completely agree. We've had a really bad couple of months of a lot of rain and and you know, ice on the roads. But our our climate here is no different from the Northern European countries that have masses of people that cycle every day. So, you know, our survey did find that one of the barriers to people cycling was, um, was the weather, poor weather. 33% cited that as a, an issue. But the majority of people actually were more concerned about safety. 48% said they didn't cycle because they were, they felt afraid because of, of being on the road and sharing it with traffic. So we would see an awful lot more people cycling if we had those protected cycle lanes, which don't take up an awful lot of space. Um, J- just on that, would they use them? Would whatever they, the
2: weather, would cyclists use them? Because they they don't always use the cycle lanes. Sometimes, understandably, they're they're out on the road. They're well entitled to be on the road. they they they, they, yes. they cycle on the road.
3: There are some cycle lanes that are really not fit for purpose. That is the issue. And a lot of people that haven't been on a bike and haven't been in a cycle lane would, would get a shock when they when they do use them and discover that there's so much debris and glass, and um, because they're often you know the side of the road. If they were properly swept and properly maintained, a lot of our cycle lanes as well are voluntary cycle lanes. So you go along for a bit and there's a car parked in in front of you. So you have to manoeuvre yourself out into a, into a busy and more dangerous road. So. For a lot of reasons people choose not to go into the cycle lanes Um, and we would prefer people cycling not to use the footpaths but there are some footpaths and more and more of them we've seen that are shared paths shared pavements um, with with walkers so you do see the the cycle um, pedestrian sign on those particular pavements but we would prefer on the pavements that are supposed to be for pedestrians that people cycling were using those using the roads um, but in other cities, London, New York, cycle infrastructure is, is being built at, you know, a rate of knots. Um, Belfast is just two miles of protected cycle lanes. So, you know, there's, is it any wonder that people, you know, aren't, aren't aware that, you know, if there's no network of cycle lanes for people to actually use? So for all those reasons, um, if we built the cycle lanes, I think we would definitely have a bigger cohort of people that, that would cycle. Um, there's a case study in the, the report as well by by a woman um called Colette who has a completely um car free lifestyle. Now she lives close enough to the city centre, but she gets about always by bike and, and she finds you know, she finds it okay. So I think a lot of it is perception um that that people can't can't get on a bike. I think if people tried it they might find, actually, as we all all do, that it's actually fun. That you know that you're going to get to your destination at the time that you you know allocate, um, and that you know it's it's cheaper and it's good for the environment.
2: Yeah, you make a you make strong points. I'm 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 not saying you don't, but you didn't answer the question about the guy who or girl who who invests in the electric yeah. car. The brand new oh, electric well, car and 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 it's completely electric and there's no emissions and it's, you know, greta friendly. Greta's giving given you the thumbs up. We've got <laughs> greta wee, friendly. We got a we 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 picture of her on the on the dashboard saying I'm Greta's friend. Should that car not be allowed in the bus lane?
3: Well, Basically, a bus lane is a sustainable transport corridor and electric cars, while they may be better because they don't have the emissions of a petrol or diesel car, electric cars, the batteries have to be made somewhere. Those electric, bat- the batteries at the moment are still being made through fossil fuels. So they're still, they still have, you know, a carbon, um, they, still, they still are creating carbon emissions somewhere in the world. Um, and then we get back to the reality, which is whether it's an electric car petrol or diesel, it's still a metal box that is an inefficient use of road space. It's still taking up space. It's still causing congestion. So I don't think an electric car um, should be in a bus lane. I think bus lanes should be for buses and and, and bicycles and motorcyclists. Um, we also have bus lanes um, are used for um, a number of taxis such as the disabled taxis. So I, I think that if we start to, to let you know, if if we all are going down the road, remember that diesel and petrol cars are going to be banned in the very near future. So that would mean then that everyone will be in an electric car and then everyone will be in the bus lane, which, which makes the bus lanes defunct. So I think um, I would recommend that person considers Getting an electric bike because <laughs> when we have this legislative change here soon, and yeah. um, there'll be no reason why someone like yourself, Frank, who feels they can't cycle six miles, you could cycle six miles on an electric bike and come into work and you'd feel absolutely fine. You wouldn't be wrecked. I think you I would know, actually then, really enjoy it.
2: And I have to accept, you know, as, as someone <laughs> who presents weather and uh, who's, uh, who listens to arguments from people like you, I do have to accept there are many, many days. When you think it's wet, when it isn't actually wet, there, there are—it's—it's it's surprisingly how many dry periods we get, even in yeah. the winter time. I accept that. I know that. That is a fact. Mm-hmm. Now, February is a bad example because it was the wettest month on on. It was the wettest February in the history of the, the records warm. from yeah. the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. But t- leaving February aside, there are many many days when you could ride to work and you would be dry when you get here, but you'd be sweating. Mm-hmm and you'd be, you know, you'd just be (laughs) <laughs> wrecked. You'd, look I'm thinking of people who could your never couldn't get their leg food, over a Frank. crossbar you know what I mean I, I know I'm fit I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a mid-50s fit bike. sort of step guy yeah but the, the point is there, there's there's loads of people All who, I, who, are who through, yeah but know. there are people I need to represent on this program even though you know I'm as green as they come that I need to represent mm. these people who are get, get trying to get the children out to school this morning and there's no chance yeah. of them involving bicycles on a daily basis and you sound like someone who would do away with the car you're like colette you do away with the car if you if you could i bet you have a car and there's no there's no reason why you shouldn't have a car
3: i don't actually you
2: don't have a, have a car
3: but i you do, I do, you do I just, hold on on i do borrow my partner's car from time to time that's the thing I mean, okay
2: so there's a car in your family you accept
3: there's a one car one car yeah. household
2: yeah you accept that, 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 that you couldn't get through that, life without yes. a car
3: No, no, I I actually could get through life. Most of the time, I actually take the train, Frank, um, and I'm lucky enough to live near a train line. But I think we need to get away from this idea that there are cyclists and there are motorists. I know so many people that cycle, that drive cars, that walk, that take the bus, all of that. You know, we don't just, um, you know, we shouldn't just pigeonhole ourselves as being cyclists or or motorists for that matter. No, I sold my car a couple of years ago because it was mostly sitting in in the driveway and... um, and I thought, well, you know, I have to obviously practice what I preach. Um, but I do use the car from time to time because I think a lot of our cities have been built and developed um, to cater for the car. And so um, we don't have as good public transport as other cities have, particularly on the likes of a Sunday. Um, so, you know, you do find yourself, um, you know, having to use a car from time to time. But um, I think if more... if more. Um, uh, People tried cycling, they might find that, you know, for those short journeys, you know, when I think the statistics is more than, um, is it close to 70% of all journeys are less than two miles in the city, that's so doable by bike. And that would relieve so much of the congestion and the air pollution that that most urban areas are really suffering from. And we're only really now seeing the evidence about the impact of air pollution, the impact of obesity, because people... um, you know wouldn't don't really walk very far anymore so for all those reasons um i think we should just we should just be cautious about using the car so much especially for those short journeys okay. um mm-hmm.
2: Okay, I'm going to have to leave it there. No, you've made you've made you've made your points eloquently. It's always Anne, and you know I'm sure you've convinced you convinced me years ago. Let me let me say this: is not the first time I've, I've interviewed <laughs> you. You you make some very very strong points, but I know there are people who are shouting at the radio saying this isn't possible, and yes. we, we will hear married
3: to their cars, Frank. Right. Married to their
2: cars, that's okay. the problem. Okay, <laughs> they need their vehicle, um, uh, but I really appreciate it, Anne. It's an interesting survey. I'm going to speak to a man who spent a lot of time on a bicycle uh, and who's who's equally as eloquent as yourself very, very shortly. But thanks thanks for highlighting.
1: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
0: Okay. Thank you. Thank
2: thank you. That's Anne Madden. She's from Sustrans, very much involved with the survey, with the infrastructure. Sustrans, sustainable transport, all of that. You can uh, see where they're coming from on it. But where are you? Uh, Do let us know. three one zero five. Are we getting to a point where we do have to wise up? Get rid of some of the cars we have and get on the bicycle and on public transport. Think about Greta, think about the environment and think about a man who knows what he's talking about when it comes to living the bicycle life. Can you work out who I'm referring to? He's on next. The man who has been patiently waiting is, of course, (laughs) that well-known Olympic cyclist Malaggy (laughs) O'Doherty. Malaggy, you're fond of the bicycle.
4: My father was uh, was a big cyclist. Um, When we look, there there was always a cycling cup on a sideboard at home when we were children, and he would, you know, we didn't know much about where he he got it, but apparently he got it on a midsummer race from Derry out towards uh, uh, Limavady and back and uh, he never bought any of his children a bicycle for Christmas and we would be, uh, you know, you'd, on Christmas morning you'd be getting out and looking around, you had all the, the wee lads you knew, you know, on their bright new bikes and you'd say, Daddy, why didn't Santa bring me a bike? <laughs> you know, And he had, uh, he didn't want any of his children riding bicycles because he thought it was much too dangerous and this was in the streets of Anderson's town in the 1950s you know which is where they're a lot quieter than they are now um, I then grew up, and he used to take but I mean despite worrying about our own safety if we were riding a bicycle he would uh, sometimes I remember taking, him taking three of us on the bike to school, uh, we were at that time going to school in the Casement Park Pavilion, right before the uh, before the local primary school was built. And uh, we lived in Riverdale. And he had this big black. I suppose it was probably a rally with a big Brooks saddle in the springs. And he had uh, he would have one of us on the bar in front of him, one on the carrier behind him, and one on the handlebars. And he would cycle around uh, Riverdale Park South and and up the Anderson's Town Road to Kaysman Park with these three kids (laughs) hanging very nervously and precariously from the bike around him. Yeah. Like baggage, so uh, so the the bicycle had a place in our lives. But I suppose uh, you're talking there, on about how uh, for some people it is simply impractical to have a bicycle. Well, the most sane people it's simply impractical to bring three children to school on a bicycle. So there will be the need for the car. I uh, the year I always wanted a bike, you know, and and I used to borrow friends' bikes, and I would you know I'd say lend me your bike for for an hour, and I would. Go off, and I would I would take it for the rest of the day, and I'd give it back to them. And the favourite sport was to go up to the top of the Shaw's Road and just belt down the Shaw's Road as fast as you could, and down Kennedy Way when they when they built Kennedy Way. And uh, but I never owned a bike of my own until I was in my thirties. And what had happened was I'd come back from India, and I was living in a shared house in Dunluce Avenue, and there was a guy called Tony there who was. So in love with his bike that he brought it to bed with him. You know, it was in his bedroom, and uh, you know, and he, if he wasn't riding it, he was polishing it. And uh, he uh, he said, uh, you know, I, and I I it awakened my own notion of having a bike. And uh, we went together up to Dave Cairns on the Nard's Road, and and bought a bicycle. And for the first time. Uh, I rode down the, the Newton Arts Road on my own in the traffic uh, with Tony in front of me and uh, and uh, he would take me off at the weekends off to to Isle and, and port and ferry and it got to a routine, you know, and this was in my 30s when we, nearly every Saturday afternoon Tony and I would cycle down to port of ferry across the ferry to Strangford and back up to Belfast and it was no trouble at all to us, you know, we were, we were fit and and loving it and then when I got into more of a routine of freelance journalism and needed a car, and uh, had and got married, it was part of it as well. I stopped cycling; and the bike just sat in the yard, getting rustier, and and uh, and I got fatter and fatter. And uh, then uh, when I turned sixty, which was was not yesterday either, um, I got a diagnosis of. Type 2 diabetes because I was overweight. So I took off the weight and and I got a bike. And I started cycling again at 60. I wrote a book about it. You can buy the book to sell, I think. It's it's certainly on Kindle if it's not in the shops. It's called uh, uh, On My Own Two Wheels, Back in the Saddle at 60. Uh, by Malachi O'Doherty, published by Blackstaff Press. And, uh, for the book, you know, I, 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 I took up diligent country cycling, got out on the country roads, uh, took myself down around, uh, County Clare, around the McLough Hills, up around Donegal, and, uh, and, uh, and it was just terrific. And, uh, I mean, it's not always possible to get away at the weekend and do the big country cycling that I would like, but I have a gorgeously, uh, um, willier. <laughs> I didn't say that word in radio, but it's an Italian bike uh, uh, with a, just very simple uh, straight handlebars and, a hu- and hub gears, and it just uh, suits me so well for jigging around town. Uh, so so I'm out and about town, as long as I don't have to carry a lot of luggage with me, or as long as I'm not driving more in morning or anywhere, uh, then I go on the bike, and uh, and it's a great thing. And you're absolutely right when you talk about the weather, you know, this phenomenon. You, the worst thing you can do if you want to go for a country cycle is what what's the weather forecast <laughs> because uh, the times that you would uh, that's true, the times you would just, see all this yeah. forecast of rain and then you'd be sitting in in the afternoon looking at the sunny sky thinking why didn't I go you know, so you're better just going uh, because uh, we're we're more, you know, it, showers are no problem, the problem is if you get that incessant stormy weather that we had but you don't actually get so much of that uh, that would inhibit you
2: Yeah, so, it's amazing so just that's, how that's much that's dry, dry weather that, that, we have to accept that, I said it before it is, uh, it is, uh, it's surprising how much dry weather we actually yeah. do get. So cycling yeah. is possible. Yeah. But you used a term there, Maliki, juking around the town. Um, do you sense that because you have to juke around, you have to be sharp, you have to be aware of all the other road users that people are put off cycling? And if there were major infrastructure changes, people would embrace the bicycle much more than they do now.
4: Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, occasionally I go to London and I look at the cyclists in London, you know, and, and I don't have that familiarity with the roads and the streets there. So, you know, would I get on a bicycle and go and get into London traffic with it? I'm not sure that I would, you know, unless there was... Uh, desperate, but I've no problem around Belfast. I, you know, and and I suppose the, the 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 simple fact of it is, you have to stick yourself out in the traffic. You know, if you're if you're coming up to a turning and you need to make a turn, you know, just get out into the middle of the lane and stick your hand out. You know, the car behind you is not going to go over you. Um, they will have to slow down and make room for you. But it does at the beginning. It certainly takes some nerve to do that. But the other side of it, you know, and I don't know, maybe maybe Sustrans would like me saying this, but there is a kind of a buzz about it as well. You know, I mean, if you're, uh, you know, if you're in traffic, I mean, there's the a there's, there's the smug satisfaction, let's be honest, that you're actually moving faster than people in their big cars. and um, There's always an element of play about cycling there's always an element of, of enjoyment. You know, it's very rarely you'll go out on the bike and, uh, yeah, okay, you're tired, you didn't really want to go out, uh, and, you know, your legs ache after a mile, but then you get your second wind and you're away. So there's very rarely a time you'll go on the bike when you... There would never be a time you would go out on the bike and wouldn't feel better for it.
2: Yeah, right. I, 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 I agree. That. It's, it's it's the yeah. same as long-distance walking. It You get that yeah. sense of satisfaction from it. But here's part of the the problem. Eddie's in Lurgan, right? And Eddie sends me this text. He says, Frank, what planet is that woman on? That's a a reference indeed to Anne, who's earlier, the lady from Mm. Sustrans. I agree cyclists do have a place on the roads, but many of them are inconsiderate and ride in clumps and have queues of traffic behind them and thus cause anger amongst drivers. As for cycle lanes, they never use them. Sure, there's glass and debris on the roads. Does that mean we drive on the footpaths? Yes, cycle if you want, but consider drivers. Now, while we have that mindset from Eddie, who's obviously a driver and never a cyclist, while that mindset exists and Eddie is not alone therein lies the problem the, the, It's too many drivers see the cyclists almost as the enemy on the road
4: I know it's pity that, but I mean there are also cyclists who are a nuisance to other cyclists you know, I mean, I'll be on my bike sometimes, and another cyclist will cut across me. You know, uh, you know, without like, you know, that that's that's a reality as well. I mean, there are inconsiderate cyclists as there are inconsiderate car drivers. I mean, there, it isn't having a bicycle that defines your attitude to the road or your personality. Uh, you know, you don't become, uh, you know, a nicer, gentler person just because you're riding a bicycle, uh, and you don't become. Uh, you know, uh, uh, an evil, <laughs> you know, uh, road hogger. If you're in a car, uh, and and the reality is, Anne said it herself, she drives a car, and I drive a car. Um, but I do worry about this kind of. Framing of the picture as war or something or or combat or tension between the cyclists and the drivers as if each is a kind of coherent, homogenous uh, group of people with a a fixed attitude to the other uh, when there's clearly a big overlap. Uh, But do we
2: need to spend uh, more money, significantly more money, improving circumstances for the cyclist?
4: I think so, but there's two arguments there. The other argument is that if you really have a big infrastructure like, say, Amsterdam or Copenhagen, that then the cyclist uh, will be a rarity on the road. And the rarity on the road will be will be more exposed and in more danger. You know, there's one argument, yeah, you keep them separate and you build this fantastic infrastructure, which I don't know if we've got the space to do. And the other argument is if you do that and you create a segregation, which leads to a culture in which the driver is not used to having a cyclist on the road, and and therefore is more likely to uh, uh, to have an accident or to be inconsiderate. So I'm not sure what that is. I mean, I'm lucky. I live in South Belfast. I live on the Armour Road. Uh, if I'm going over towards Queens, for instance, I go through two parks connected by a river. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, how many cities in the world would you have such a, such a beautiful we uh, ride over? And if I'm going down into to town, uh, then I, you know, I can go down the Omer Road. I'm not afraid to go down the Omer Road and if I'm in a hurry, I'll go straight down the Omer Road. But if I'm not in that much of a hurry, I'd much prefer to go along the river again, uh, you know, down towards uh, uh, the Albert Bridge or uh, uh, in that direction, you know, and, uh, and very often do. Uh, um, but yes, I think we do need we do need more cycle lanes, and we do need better cycle lanes, and we need drivers to understand cycle lanes. You know, there's one of the ones that worries me is I would often use the cycle lane along uh, um, Park Road. Past the recycling depot, there, and there's an opening onto the, onto the cycle at the, lane at the recycling depot. Vans and cars come out of there with no notion that they're cutting across the cycle lane. They're not even looking, you know. And the number of times I've had to brake very sharply because somebody is just swinging in or out of it, you know. So I think the more important thing really is. Public education. You will remember, Frank, when we were younger. If you were watching, even the BBC at night, there would be this public information thing. And there are some of them, but they, you know, but there there used to be far far more of them. They would show you. You remember? The, you remember when the motorways came in? They would have one where they'd show a car pulling up at the hard shoulder and bringing out a beach ball and playing with the beach ball. You know. But you used to have highway code instruction on television, telling you how to negotiate a roundabout, telling you how to uh, cater for cyclists and so on. And and there is a bit of that, but I think we need more of that. I need. I think um, uh, we do. As for uh, our friend who called in and is complaining about drivers, uh, cyclists riding in groups, I presume he's talking about club cyclists there, you know, because actually, you know, very few, you know, uh, you know, the ordinary commuter cyclist or the lone tootler like me is not likely to be to be in a group in a country road causing an obstruction, but. Um, you know, uh, the yes, cyclists need to be considerate of drivers, and drivers need to be considerate of cyclists. But, I mean, oh, are oh. we really conceiving of... Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, just all road users need to be considerate of each, road, yeah. off, off each yeah. other. There's no, there's no question, no question about it. Um, I, I, I'm going to have to, to leave it there, uh, Maliki. I'm just reading as you're talking, reading the, the texts that are coming across the the screen, and it's sadly the usual the usual division, and that's something that we want to we want to avoid. Yeah. We just want to make sure yeah. everyone yeah. is safer. On the, yeah. on the roads. But I yeah. do think we're going to have to accept that the ball has to bounce in favour of those who would like to cycle in the future. Something has to be done from an environmental perspective. Good speaking That's to you, Malachi. Right. Continue the tootles. The very best Thank you. you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Bye now. Uh, so many texts there about that. I'll have a look, uh, a further look through them and uh, hear what you're up to after this. Planning for your next trip?